0: Do you enjoy our podcasts? Help us to be able to continue creating quality content by visiting our merch store at store.another12.org. You'll find some great merch there, and the best part about it is that a portion of every purchase goes to support the work that we do. Welcome to Drippings from the Honeycomb, the official podcast of Another Twelve Ministries. We are so glad that you have decided to join us as we enjoy the sweetness of God's Word one verse at a time. Why does the Bible have an Old and New Testament? Matthew 9.17 says, Neither do people pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst, the wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. Now these words of Jesus were spoken to some of John the Baptist's disciples, as well as religious leaders of Israel, when they accused Jesus' disciples of not fasting in accordance with tradition. And Jesus came to his disciples' defense, and he was illustrating something very important. What he was saying is, I change everything. You're accusing my disciples of not holding to the normal Judaistic traditions of your forefathers, but the reason that they're not holding to those traditions is because of me. I change the way everything is done. I change it all because I am the Messiah and I am the new lawgiver. Now, normally on this podcast, we don't give the answer first. We usually look at the evidence and then we answer the question. But this time we're going to go backwards. We're going to start from the answer, which is that Jesus changes everything, and we're going to look at how he changes everything and why this illustration of putting new wine into new wineskins is so relevant and appropriate for us as modern-day Christians to understand. The foundation for what Jesus is teaching is found in Matthew 5.17, and that says, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. So right here we see that Jesus is not doing away with the Old Testament covenant. He's not just simply getting rid of it and saying, that's old, you can just forget about that. In fact, he's doing the opposite. He's saying, it's not going away, I'm fulfilling it. I am the Messiah, the Son of God, I am the King, and I have the right and the authority to make changes, and that's what I'm doing. And in order to make those changes, some old things are going to have to adjust. They're going to have to shift, but they're not going to be irrelevant. They're just going to be made new. They're going to be fulfilled. So in order for us as modern day believers to understand what Jesus is getting at here, when he talks about new wine going into new wineskins, we have to understand what has changed because of Jesus. Well, first... God and man have a different relationship from the Old Testament to the New Testament because Jesus has changed the nature of the relationship between God and man. In the Old Testament, God had very stringent standards because he was looking at people who were sinners and in order to see them without his wrath spilling over and destroying them, he needed them to meet certain ceremonial criteria. That is why there were things like the sacrifice of atonement that happened once a year in Israel. That is why the Jews were required to stay pure and to have certain ceremonial rituals that kept them pure before God so that they could enter his presence to worship. Without those rituals, they would have been unfit to enter the presence of God. And we know from the Old Testament that God showed abundant mercy to the people under the Old Covenant. Take David, for example, when he sinned with Bathsheba, God didn't execute the judgment of death on him that even the law called for in Israel. Instead, he had mercy on him. Or when David conspired to send Bathsheba's husband to the front line to have him killed, God had mercy on David and gave him an opportunity to repent. But still David followed the traditional ceremonial laws of sacrifice, of keeping himself pure before the Lord, of going through ritual purification so that he would be able to worship before God without incurring God's wrath or without being destroyed because God is so holy and man is so unholy. But when Jesus came, we know that he changed all of that. In fact, we know that while he was being executed on the cross the veil of the temple, this thick veil that closed in the Holy of Holies, where the presence of God would meet man, was ripped in two. It was torn in half because man was now going to be able to gain access to God through the high priest, which would be Jesus Christ. And so Jesus changed everything about the way that man and God fellowship together. He became the intermediary, and allowed man and God to have a relationship without the need for ceremonial purity to ward off instantaneous destruction of man by the holiness of God. Now, not only did Jesus change the relationship between man and God, Jesus also changed the focus of faith. In the Old Testament, right from Genesis 3, God himself prophesied that a Redeemer would come who would crush the head of evil, the serpent, and would restore the relationship between man and God. Faithful followers of God in the Old Testament looked forward to the advent of this Redeemer. They put their hope in a prophecy. They put their hope in a promise, hoping that someday God would bring this Redeemer into the life of humankind and would fulfill his promise. But this dragged on for thousands of years, waiting for this Messiah. Adam and Eve, who were present in the garden when God foretold the coming of a Redeemer, were long since dead when Jesus was born. Many generations had come and gone since this promise had been made, and so the Old Testament followers of God looked forward in a hope that the prophecy would be fulfilled. However, modern-day believers do not have to look forward in hope to some redeemer coming. We can actually look backward in confidence to the recorded event of Jesus's life and his death and resurrection. We have much more confidence that we can hold to because of the advent of Jesus Christ. And so Jesus changed the focus of our faith. Whereas the patriarchs in the Old Testament and the faithful of the Old Testament had to look forward to an event that had not happened, purely on a prophecy and then later on on several prophecies that talked about the coming of this deliverer, those of us who are believers in the modern day can look back to the sacrifice of Jesus with immense confidence, knowing that he rose from the grave and he ascended and that was witnessed by humans like us. And so we can look forward to his coming with confidence because we have strong evidence that what Jesus said and what Jesus did is true. And much of this evidence rests on the foundation that Jesus fulfilled the Law and the Prophets. See, the Old Testament was full of prophecy. There was prophecy by God Himself. There was prophecy by His prophets who came to Israel and spoke. But the New Testament is full of fulfillment. The New Testament shows that these prophecies were accurate, that they were fulfilled, that they came to pass. And so we can have more confidence in the Old Testament because the New Testament bears witness of its fulfillment. And so we can see that Jesus is the fulfillment of the Old Testament and has changed things going forward for those of us who are now under this new relationship that came about as a result of the fulfilled prophecies from the Old Testament. And even more than that, Jesus' life and death fulfilled once and for all The sacrificial system by which humans gained access to God, by which humans gained atonement for their sins. See, what keeps us apart from God is our sin. What makes God's holiness spill over in wrath against us is sin. Because God is holy and righteous, and he cannot be around sin. He cannot tolerate sin. Sin is completely opposite to his nature. And his holiness overwhelms sin and sinful creatures and destroys them. But when Jesus came, he was the perfect sacrifice. And so when he died and rose again, he didn't do away with the sacrificial system. The sacrificial system is still in play. But he fulfilled it. He was the final sacrifice that put an end to all need for any other sacrifice. See, it's not that it's gone. It's that it's fulfilled in Christ. It's not that we no longer need to sacrifice. We no longer need to sacrifice because we have a living sacrifice that is constantly before God, pleading for us and praying for us, and representing us before the Father, and pointing to His own blood as the fulfillment of the entire sacrificial system that man needed for all those years under the Old Covenant so that they could approach God and find favor with Him. That's why we don't need to sacrifice today. And so Jesus changed it all when he sacrificed himself because he completed the sacrificial system. Just because something is complete doesn't mean it's no longer relevant. It means it no longer needs to be taken care of because it is complete, but it's still relevant. In addition to all this, Jesus gave man access to the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament didn't function the same way the Holy Spirit functions today. He has a new mission after the ascension of Jesus Christ. In the Old Testament, not everyone who believed in God, not everyone who was a God follower in Israel or even around the world, received the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit would come upon people for different reasons at different times, whether it was a king or a prophet or a warrior. The Holy Spirit came in a limited manifestation and usually for a very specific purpose to work through the life of one or a small group of individuals. However, after Jesus' ascension, Jesus asked the Father to send the Holy Spirit to all those who put their faith in Jesus Christ, to all of his kingdom followers. See, he gave unrestricted access for all those who put their faith in him to have access to the Holy Spirit. In fact, it's more than having access to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit fills the life of the believer. The Holy Spirit takes up residence within the heart of each individual believer and empowers them to do ministry, to live lives that are holy. In fact, Paul says the Holy Spirit is the evidence that we are sealed for the day of salvation. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit is the mark on the believer's life that they are a true child of God, that they are going to be ushered into the kingdom when Christ returns. The ministry of Jesus changed that relationship. It changed the mission of the Holy Spirit. It brought the Holy Spirit into the hearts of every single one who is a true follower of Jesus Christ. And that is different from the Old Testament. And the ministry of Jesus changed the hope of the believer for the future. See, the saints in the Old Testament, they looked forward to this Redeemer. They looked forward to the one who would come and make all things new. They looked forward to someone who would reestablish Israel, but they didn't have a full understanding of what exactly that was going to look like. They didn't really know what to expect totally, because they were going off the Old Testament prophecies. They were going off limited revelation. But the New Testament believer, those of us who have come to faith in Jesus Christ after his ministry, we can look forward to an eternity with him when the king himself returns to call us home. We know that we are going to be with him, that he is going to remake the world for us, that we're going to be with all the Old Testament saints, that we're going to have eternity in perfect fellowship with God, that we're going to live in his presence and that we're going to be blessed there and that we're going to flourish and prosper there as a human society with God, that God is going to physically move his dwelling to be with us forever with no barriers because he will make us perfect and he will bear the weight of our perfection. And so we will be able to live with him in unrestricted fellowship. And that's different from what the Old Testament believers looked forward to. We have a much more complete picture today of the hope that is coming, of the hope that we can latch onto and hold onto in the trials and troubles that we have in this world. That changed everything because it changed our future hope. It gave us something much deeper, much bigger, much broader to look forward to. So, why still have the Old and the New Testament? If Jesus fulfilled the Old Testament, why not just get rid of it? Well, because the two testaments are bound together by a cord that cannot be broken. In fact, they should never ever be taken apart. They should never be detached from one another. One cannot exist without the other, because they are bound together by the unbreakable cord of Jesus Christ. The Old Testament showed who Jesus was, told humans who to expect. It pointed to the Messiah. The New Testament showed us how we as believers are to live and act and think now that the Messiah who was foretold by the Old Testament had actually come and lived his ministry and offered his life as a ransom for us. See, this is what Jesus was getting at when he was talking about new wine into new wineskins. He had taken the old and he had made it new in himself. He had fulfilled everything that was needing in the old covenant so that we could have a perfect relationship with God. And then because he is God himself and because he is the king and because he is our savior and our high priest, he gave us a new Covenant, a new law to follow, not abolishing the old law, but fulfilling the old law. And in order to contain this new thing, this new covenant, this new way of kingdom thinking, he needed to create a new container to hold this new wine. And that new container was the church, that new structure that was going to hold the truth and the majesty of who Jesus was and was going to talk about and share his kingdom here on earth until he comes back to finish the revelation of his kingdom and to set it up completely and to defeat all of his enemies and to put all evil under punishment. The hope of the message of the gospel was going to be found within the church and within the hearts of the individual believers who make up the church. You see, the old covenant, the old law, was not adequate to contain all the incredible truths about the abundant love, mercy, and grace that Jesus inaugurated through his work and his death and his resurrection that was going to be the defining factors of his kingdom. The Old Covenant simply couldn't hold it all. And so Jesus fulfilled the Old Covenant, made something new, and created a new container to hold all of this amazing hope for mankind. So, when you see the Old Testament and the New Testament, remember that the Old Testament is relevant, but it is also fulfilled. And the New Testament is the new wine in which all of the truths from the Old Testament find relevance for the believer as they live out a life marked by holiness before God and in reverence to Him and celebrate the glorious work of Jesus that He has done on the cross for us. Without Him, we would have nothing. Without the old covenant, we wouldn't know who he is. Without the new covenant, we wouldn't know how to function in his kingdom. And so both are essential. But the church is the container which Jesus created to hold the truth of the gospel and to spread it to the entire world. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Drippings from the Honeycomb. If you would like to learn more about Another 12 Ministries and the work that we are doing to train youth ministry leaders to bring the gospel to young people, visit another12.org. If you would like to support our ministry, click on the donate link in the description below.